I'm Stacy Gross, and this is Two Moms Day Drinking. Aaron Stearns has a unique perspective on a lot of things because he's experienced a lot of unique things for a man, and especially for a man his age. Aaron is 39 and getting ready for his third hip replacement. He's also a full-time stay-at-home dad. Aaron and I started off on politics, hit race, party affiliation, and Hunter Thompson to start. We then got down to his experience, internally and externally, of choosing to prioritize his wife's career and to be a full-time caregiver. Where did you used to live? Tayona. Tayona. I mean, I'm from war. I won the primary, but I got my ass handed to me in the elections. Are you not? Are you going to try again, though? I don't know. It's pretty hard on me losing, so. Yeah. I mean, people, it was just online saying I should run against Kathy Rapp, and I'm like, well, I can't even win city council <laughs> in the city that is probably the most democratic part of the county. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, it's difficult. Toby ran against her, didn't he? How many years ago was that? It would have been two cycles ago, so eight. Okay. Almost, well, almost eight, because she'll be coming up again here in a couple of years. How did he feel about running against her? Did he... Toby's... You you know Toby? I went to school with him, but I didn't know him. I think he... How old is Toby? He's two years younger than me. And you... How old are you? 39. 39, okay. Um, Yeah, he... Or maybe a year younger. I don't know. I think he might be a year or two ahead of me. But yeah, I remember. I graduated in 99. I think he graduated in 2000. Okay, so then I was 2001. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we did really good in the primary, and then I actually started talking about what I wanted to do. Yeah. And that's when people were like, eh. You know, and I, as the chair of the party, the Democratic Party, <laughs> right. I'm like, all right, you know, this election was really bad. Yeah. And we need to go out and talk to people. And nobody wants to do that, and I get it. Because it's kind of a hostile yeah um but i have always and still believe that that the democratic party right now Mm -hmm. has the policies that are going to help the most people right but we're really bad at letting people know that it's just and that makes everything and developing a rapport with there's some kind of rapport problem and i don't i don't think that it's entirely on the democratic side though i think you're up against a wall with some of these people you cannot have a rational conversation and there's no because i mean you look at me and i'm a I'm a self-employed mechanic, gun-owning hunter Democrat. Yeah. Like yeah. aside from the Democrat, yeah, I grew up in the same town. Yeah. You know, there's so much more in common. I wish that people would focus more on that. And I don't know if it's just a, like a. It's fear. I guess yeah, just something that people do. It's just a human trait, but it bums me out. We really lost out on the, and, and I'm glad I guess, but you know the Republican Party since Bill Clinton has been really good Mm -hmm. at scaring Mm -hmm. especially white people Mm -hmm. about all the dangers that are coming to get them and how the Democratic Party is just ushering in this uh, anti-white agenda. That really concerns me. That is really stressing me out because I don't know. I just watch it growing and I'm like, "This, this cannot be... An actual this isn't thing. our country. This is not... But, you know, when he was elected, I posted a picture, and it was me reading 1984. And yeah. Like, this, is, I... this is now our future, <laughs> like... and it's coming around. I mean, you know, they want to homogenize the country, mm-hmm. so now we've seen that, you know, we're going to build a wall, mm-hmm. and I think it's hilarious that the wind blew it over. <laughs> but we're also, you know, quietly, mm-hmm. we're banning travel from... Mm-hmm. All of these mostly poor, mm-hmm. mostly Muslim or African nations right? and right. not letting them even come here. Right. That's horrifying. And it's happening quietly, and that's what's concerning, too, because this is how it gets to a point. Right after he was elected, I wrote to Michael Yon, um, authors, because I try whenever I need a book or something, I try to go there first, mm-hmm. and then if he doesn't have it, then I'll go I to Amazon. I do, too. I wish he would sell me the... Hunter Thompson oh, head. Head. Yeah. I'm in competition with you over that thing man that's awesome um, but I, I wrote to him right after the election I was like I need a copy of 1984 stat and he's like I don't even have any he's like I had three and they're all gone like yeah I got it at Walmart yeah way back when before I even knew that this was going to happen because I didn't yeah. I truly I I mean, I tell this story whenever I have to speak, mm-hmm. at a, and I know this isn't what we're supposed to be talking about. No, but, um, whatever. It's whatever. The night, you know, I, I I get people had a lot of strong feelings about Hillary Clinton, but, I mean, to me, it boils down to her gender, mm-hmm. um, because 
for the last 40 years and yeah there's been some stinkers mm-hmm. but she has been a public servant with mm-hmm. the best interest mm-hmm. of of the people in her heart I really believe that mm-hmm. and I was one of the ones that thought there's no way that Donald Trump could possibly I be was, her. He it, looked like a buffoon on television. I mean, he, his it was own absurd. Party it was like a him. caricature. And uh, the night, you know, when when the election when it started coming in, Chris and I were on the couch, and the kids were in bed, and we both just cried. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could, and yeah. and to have Pennsylvania be the, you know, the turning point. It was a rough it day. Was it was a bad day. And I I had hoped that that would get people involved and it kind of has you know Mm. in a peripheral way but not Mm. to the extent it's caused more just abject dejection where they're like there's nothing I can do yeah and it's it's terrible yeah you know the party at least has has realized you know because the Pennsylvania Democratic Party and and the DNC for years focused on Philadelphia Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and they could win Pennsylvania with mm-hmm. those two, and it's just not the way it is anymore. It's changing, yeah. And I think, you know, with John Fetterman, who's <laughs> an outsider candidate, yeah. um, he came to Warren so many times, mm-hmm. uh, and he went to all 67 counties, mm-hmm. and, you know, the PA Democratic Party has, you know, embraced that, and right. that's how they got Erie back. Right. So there's hope for Pennsylvania, because if Erie, you know, if they can lump Erie in with Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, we're yeah. okay. They, they have enough there. But... I'm curious, um, when Cody was here, he was talking about, um, like, America's culture is almost generational. So, like, the boomers are their own sort of culture, and then the millennials, and then we've got these Gen X. And I know technically I'm a millennial, don't identify with it. I I identify with Gen X. And um, it's... Yeah, I'm right on the cusp. Yeah. So not only is America full of all these different cultures, but now we've got these generational sort of boundaries and um and i think part of that is technology boomers and gen x and millennials all grew up in such a vastly different manner but gen x i think has the most interesting because we're right at the border like Mm -hmm. we went i went from there is no there's a landline telephone and that's like the pinnacle of technology and then caller id and then all of a sudden we're fucking facebook and snapchat and i'm like and it came all at once yeah it seems like it was a decade and everything just changed completely i feel like i remember i remember working in the mall when like the first cell store yeah with the nokia box phone and you know nobody had cell phones and it just kind of popped up and i remember we were working at the pretzel zone uh, right right on the corner by bonton right and the kiosk for the cell phone was right here Okay. And this guy came up every weekend and would yell at people when they went over there that they were going to get brain cancer. <laughs> and it actually ended up in a fist fight. No! Eventually the guy in the cell phone kiosk like jumped over the kiosk and ran over Holy and they were like engaged See? in fisticuffs <laughs> because that technology just blew people's minds. Yeah, it was too much. It's magic. That is a really good illustration of what I mean. Like these... Um, Social changes, like these really deeply instilled, you know, values and beliefs are clashing with the technology that's coming and and all the generations are just freaking out. And it builds into the fear. Right, exactly. And then for whatever reason, people, when we get scared, we shut down and we need to be reaching out instead. I think that's where we're going wrong. And it's not going to happen quick. Mm -mm. I mean, even within the Democratic Party, I, you know, like... Bernie bros and mm. people that like Warren and oh Joe Biden's too old and mm. this person's too young and this person's a woman. Yeah. It's like, you know, as a as a moderate Democrat yeah. in a red county, just everybody's so Everybody down. Just, just calm down. Just wait. You yeah. know, and the media and I I'm not one of those the media right, evil, right. But in the DNC and the media, they make money off of the off of the angst. Right. And that's why we have you know, when did the debate start? Two years ago? I mean, mm. it seems like they've gone on forever. Forever. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, the media is fine and well, but I mean, you they they depend on you not being a discerning consumer of what's being put out there and not, they, they depend on you choosing your source of information and then sticking with it and not... Looking around. Right. And so that's where the problem comes in when, when you want to... And you have to, you know, people don't want to source things. Mm-hmm. They don't want to... Yeah, I like to know 
what I'm talking about before I talk about yeah. it. And and read, you know, because you could, I could, we could go on your computer and we could find ten polls that say Bernie Sanders is going to win Iowa hands right. down. Right. And then we could turn around and just change a little bit what right. we type into that, and we can get Elizabeth Warren is going to win Iowa or Joe Biden is going to win Iowa. Yeah. And it's you know, we should more focus on hey, just go vote. Yeah. And yeah. then we'll find out. Right. You know, yeah. just go and vote your conviction mm-hmm. and vote who you've researched. Yeah. And if everybody did that, if yeah. everybody just researched their candidates, we would be better off. I because think I don't the... think anybody knew. Right. And and it's not all Trump because no. he's not politically savvy enough. <laughs> I think the Republican Party, once they were like, all right, this guy's going to win. Uh-huh figured out how can we mold him to our advantage yeah. and all they have to do is keep him in power because that's yeah. all he wants. Yeah. I mean, he's not, and the man's not dumb. You don't, either. he's, he's either the most brilliant shuckster of all time. <laughs> exactly, or, that's what concerns me. But he's not dumb, so, but he's not savvy enough to come up with these little nuanced things right. that they're doing behind right. closed doors that... Like, he's the guy out front that says stupid shit mm-hmm. so that everybody looks at him yep, while he's the, the rest of them are, you know, sweeping travel bans. Yep. Like, nobody from Nigeria can come mm-hmm. here now. Yeah. Why is that? Like, I think people go... To the, I think the problem isn't necessarily that people aren't sourcing their news or checking, but they're they're looking to confirm what comforts them yeah, they, instead of being comfortable with the fact that the, what it actually is might not be what's comfortable. Well, how many people out there believe, and you, I'm sure you've seen the memes a million times, that illegal immigrants are getting Social Security? Mm. It's and and no matter how many times you say it doesn't that matter, it doesn't happen. It isn't impossible mm-hmm. unless they had a lot of money to go buy a fake mm-hmm. Social Security number mm-hmm. and get through all that. Which they don't. I mean, no. I think that's what people think. They're thinking, like, they're living better than me, and I'm well, like, Well, most of the memes really... make it seem like it's a legal thing. Like, oh, yeah, you come over here, you get Social Security. Like, right. You just show up and right. you get it. But no matter how many times you say that's impossible, mm-hmm. they just, you know, you're lying. Well, and what's frustrating is this is not hard information to find. You hear this outrageous claim, they're getting Social Security. That is so easy to fact check. I mean, it is so easy, and no one will do it because I think, for whatever reason, it's comforting to think to have that little bitch against them because now... And most of the people we're bitching against are non-white. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I'm not, you know, I'm white. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we have still, you know, a big race issue in yeah. this country. It's just this enormous issue. Right. We have a misogyny issue. Mm-hmm. Um, still, you know... One of the greatest places in the world to live, mm-hmm. but I think that we've rested on that for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, because for a lot of people, it is not yeah. one of the greatest places yeah. to live. Well, and that's the, I mean, progress, once it stops being progress and becomes stagnancy, um, once, once you're comfortable where you're at, then that's where you start to have problems. You know? Yeah, I mean, how long were we comfortable with slavery? <clears throat> exactly. Uh, how long were we comfortable with women not being able to vote? Right. Uh, child labor we were comfortable with those things for Mm -hmm. an awfully long time yeah um when we're comfortable i think we're getting into a danger zone mm -hmm. i think when we're not being um challenged or um having to confirm our own beliefs and when there's not a voice there saying hey Mm -hmm. you know we were we were fortunate throughout our history and i still think it's there that it's coming that at different points like that one voice Mm-hmm. shown through yeah you know it came through and yeah. people were like oh enough people went oh yeah you know, okay that is wrong right um and it's frustrating trying to generate the number of people that you need to get the ball rolling and, and it's frustrating just waiting for that voice like i yeah. look at certain political candidates mm-hmm. and i go well yeah that he could be the one or she mm-hmm. could be the one you know i think i love elizabeth warren mm-hmm. and she's great on you know being against rich people mm-hmm. but um, I don't, you know, the voice I'm looking for is not going to be somebody we've met necessarily. It's going to be brand new, yeah. and that's what's going to wake people up. That's what's going to draw the attention. Yeah. And um, I mean, you look at the Democratic field, we're full of 70-year-old people. Mm-hmm. Um, those voices have been around for a long yeah. time. 
And it's hard to be a different voice. Um, like, well, and there's a change in, I think, why I love Hunter Thompson so much is that he was like, fuck your boundary. Fuck your boundary, journalism. I'm going to write. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, and so what you get from him is, um, it's personal and um, really rich, but it's also an examination. It's social commentary. It's interspersed with just absolute nonsense. Yes, and like it's just sporadic yeah. brilliance. I mean, and it's all. I think it, with him, it was all. It was all brilliance. Like it was oh, all absolutely, part of the, absolutely. His nothing voice. he did was uh, not on purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's what's. It looks like chaos, but it's so masterfully crafted oh definitely it's yeah. insane i'm gonna lead you to this yep. and you're gonna, you're gonna no be no idea how yeah. i got there yeah yeah i love hunter Tom- mm-hmm. well actually i've got hunter thompson deal oh nice yes buy the ticket take the too. nice yeah. yeah i'm a huge uh, my dad gave me hell's angels when i was in high school yeah and, uh, i've always been huge hunter thompson mm-hmm. fans my favorite him and hemingway i mean yeah. obviously there's that yeah huge connection between those two right um, and and I that's the kind of voice I keep wishing for. I know, right? I know. I mean, he would be having a field day. Yeah. Um, with this. Oh God. And people would listen. Oh, absolutely. Because he was he spanned generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously you yeah. and I, and then all mm-hmm. the way back to you know like the free love '60s right. and right. people still turn to him, and he's been gone yeah. now for quite a while. That's the kind you know that's the kind of voice, and yes. he wasn't a politician. Well, that's I think what's important but he wasn't a journalist either and yet he had this ability to find the um meaningful story that the news would cover in a way that wasn't and um, he lived inside of each one of his stories he like did. Hemingway he he's did. a character within his yeah. own story the narrator the narrator's voice is uh, um yeah he's awesome yeah he's great <laughs> yeah and that's what I keep you know I keep like oh it'll come mm-hmm. it'll come and it's not it's not yet, but it will. Yeah. I mean, somebody will pick it up. Yeah, I keep thinking that that voice is out there writing, and somebody's turning down those stories, and someone's rejecting those essays. And, but, and turning man. down those albums. You know, yep. I keep waiting for music yeah. to come out. Yeah. You know, because Green Day did it kind of with W, and mm-hmm. it was a bit like, whoa, because it had been decades since anybody yeah. was really politically motivated that was a big star in music. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and Dave Grohl's done some stuff, yeah. but you don't have that, that like Bob Dylan yeah. or Pete yeah. Seeger or yeah. just every band in the 60s that was, <laughs> you know, rallying around the anti-war movement. Yeah. And yeah. We don't have that. Yeah. It needs to come. I keep, I keep hoping because I feel like, okay, I was at the middle of the technology boom and I witnessed this entire, you know, big bang of a whole new world. And I want to see that happen with art and with music and with writing too. And I, I'm really hoping that we're going to get our generations like Bob Dylan, you know, I keep. He's out there somewhere. Yeah. She's out there. Yeah. Um, but I think it's difficult too because, you know, the music business has always been, um, as Hunter Thompson said, a cruel and foul money pit. Um, but it's even worse now. I mean, band, having been in bands, but not mm-hmm. anything you know close to famous, but mm-hmm. you don't make any money. Right. And the big bands don't make any money either. Yeah. I mean, they go into huge debt to make these albums, and, and there's got to be a big fear of, well, man, if I... This is my one shot. Yeah. Like, this record company is giving me an opportunity to make an album. Right. And if I don't make a good one and they reject it, I still owe them that money yeah. and I'm going to be bankrupt forever. Yeah. You know, or if the people don't like it. Yeah. It takes... That that amount of risk is like, can like be Like Green Day could do it. Yeah. They were already huge. That's They're big. Yep. They had nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. They were established. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have somebody new come and do that would be... Yeah. It would take a lot of... That's why I love reading um, on... Um, on established writers i love finding um indie bands because those are that's where the interesting ideas are i mean i think when you get to a certain point that a record label is offering you um a deal there there are concessions that you're gonna have to make creatively there just are and um you know that's where i run into trouble um but i love reading new voices and you know and in punk being in punk rock forever i mean some of punk rock actually tends more to the fascist side, or at least it, it did 
back when. Mm -hmm. But that was an area I thought, well, you know, like somebody will come out. Yeah. I haven't really, I mean. Um, Billy Bragg always. Billy Bragg, I go to yeah. Billy Bragg, you know. Mike Ness from mm -hmm. Social Distortion. I right. guess he got in a fist fight at a concert with some guy in a Trump hat or holding a Trump sign. Really? And he said, so, you know, at all of his concerts, he does a little blurb about there's mm -hmm. no room for hate here. Yeah. But it's not, you know, to me and you, maybe social distortion is a big deal. But in the grand scheme of right. things, most people don't know who they who are. Who they are, yeah. You know, it's it's a small group. That, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think music is really regional now. It's yeah. very local. Yeah. You have the huge, you know, the stuff that comes out on Spotify and everything. Right. But, like, people in one area listen to one kind of music. Mm -hmm. I mean... I oftentimes hear the same country songs that were playing across it when I was 15 years old. Like, oh, yeah. The radio station plays the same thing. Yeah. And again, like, I have the same experience when I was a kid. I had a horse, so I would go up to the horse barn and the country would be playing. And now, this past summer, we got a horse. We didn't keep the horse, but I mean, I was back at the barn and I'm hearing the same songs I heard when I was 14. Yeah. And it's like, no time has gone by. And that's almost comforting like there's a little nostalgic like niceness mm -hmm. about it it makes things easier yeah for people. yeah but it's, it's much time. easier to hold on to those those um safe beliefs right. that you've grown up with right. if you keep your circle small yep because if you're just worried about warren county mm -hmm. you know what you have to do to fit in here yeah. make it here be yeah. okay here yeah i mean Maybe not financially, but just yeah. as a person. Even yeah, socially, I think overall things are becoming. Um, it's becoming tougher to make it and to get by socially and financially for a lot of people, and oh, yeah. so that that. And if you try and branch out, it's even harder. Yeah. Because, I mean, I look at people I went to high school with, you know, on Facebook, or even speaking to them, and there's a huge difference between those that moved away. Yeah. And those that stayed. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's not a commentary on who they are as a person or how right. they are as a person, but the way you live your life mm -hmm. and act in Warren County mm -hmm. is far different than Pittsburgh yeah. or the West Coast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I run into that here where people think, you know, we're ultra liberals. Man, have you ever talked <laughs> Man, to somebody you, from I, New York City? You ain't seen nothing <laughs> yeah. yet, I mean, sir. <laughs> I would get kicked out of the ultra liberal party. Right. You know, there's no way. Yeah. But and that's, to hear to them maybe I am ultra liberal. Right. But truthfully Yeah. That's why I'm I've uh I went with libertarian. Honestly I just did not want to be a Republican or Democrat because there's too much I don't know. There's some good libertarian ideas. Yeah. There's some people that skew it. Absolutely. To yeah. Evil. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I just I don't identify with either one of those parties. Um, and that you know, and that, that's something the Democrats have to get over. Mm -hmm. I, I don't need you. Yeah. To be a Democrat. Yeah. I need you. You need me to convince you mm -hmm. that I'm the best candidate, right. regardless of whether I'm a Democrat or a Republican. Right. Absolutely. And I that's think, something the party has to get over. Right, yeah. I mean, just drop it. Right. Because once you get past the primary, right. everybody can vote for whoever they want to. Right. So, you know, stop focusing on what well, we need to... We need, and they cut Democrats into all these other little subgroups, and we're going to mm -hmm. focus on this one and not. Yeah. And, and they tend to focus on the easy ones. Yep, absolutely. They focus on me. Yeah. Well, of course I'm going to vote for you. I'm, yeah. You know. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, unabashedly a Nazi, right. I'm probably going to not vote yeah. for the Republican. You don't have to grow your party. You don't, because yeah. you don't have to grow your party. I can still go and vote for your candidate if you make a good case to me. You know what I mean? Um, and I, but I think. The grow your party thing to me is also like I feel that if I um, properly explain what what we want to do and, mm -hmm. and what we want to be for people, that right. they would want to be Democrats. Yeah. Now, if they don't, that's fine. Right. If they just want to vote for us and keep that independence, right. because that you know that's important to a lot of people. Sure. I don't want to be in that group. Right. Um, we're still growing. We're, we grow the party by votes. Right, exactly. That's how we do yeah, it. that's, yeah. Not um, by the little letter next to your name. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think reaching out to, I think that's how we're going to start to see little successes is reaching out to independent um, voters and, you know. They're a huge group. Yeah. 
We need him. If I mean, the deal breaker, if 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 the deal breaker, if you're going to get what you want, which is the vote, if the deal breaker is going to be me registering as a Democrat, like that sucks because, you know. And on a, and a, on a national level, sometimes it can be that because they know that people that are registered Democrats mm-hmm. will donate. Right. And I mean, it, it all circles back around to money. It always does. Until they take money out of the election process, mm-hmm. it's always going to kind of. Because it's impossible, mm-hmm. it's, you know. It's you can't win. Yeah, you can't win without. Well, I mean, in Warren, you can. But <laughs> nationally, you can't win without without having the money. You have mm-hmm. to have the backing. It sucks. Our whole system. It's just. It's backwards. It's yeah. There's so much, and it's so frustrating to see little ways that it could be fixed and have people just. I don't know. The problem is you have too many people on both sides mm-hmm. um, that have been in power for too long. And once you're in power that long, then really all you want is mm-hmm. to keep the power. That's why Mitch McConnell and those folks are backing Trump, because mm-hmm. he's keeping them powerful. Mm-hmm. And if there is a reckoning coming, mm-hmm. it's coming for them, too. Yeah, absolutely. So as long as they can keep him propped up... Yeah. They're gonna be okay, I, you know. And we're now my I'm right back to Animal Farm, you know, like yeah, literature. Yeah. I mean, I'm right back to. Those were all my favorites. Yeah, all the band books, yeah. all the band books. Yeah. And we, you know, we're we're like right in the middle of it now, mm-hmm. and it's you know for my like for our kids it's scary. Yeah. I, and then I know you know as a white male, <laughs> um, I don't have all that much to be. Right. scared of and I said I, that in the I last get... episode too I get really frustrated but I mean I think we can't say oh you're a white male in America so you're you don't matter but but all... I'm fairly well insulated from right. all the worst I mean it's white males that are coming up with all the worst things that yeah. are happening so yeah. you know I tend to be pretty safe now mm-hmm. I'm not okay with that yeah but some people are yeah and they they want us to be okay with that right I mean we're we're <laughs> The big fear to me, and man, this could come off terrible and more people are going to hate me, but it is the way I feel. The reckoning that could be, is coming is that the country is no longer going to be dominated population-wise mm-hmm. by white males. Right. And we've done some nefarious shit right. over the last 400 years. Right. And there's a big fear of what's going to happen to us now because well taste of your own medicine i think is scary the idea of a taste of your own medicine is scary and it's not even that a taste of your own it's not like anybody's going to enslave you it's just that you're not going to be at the top anymore and that's terrifying to some people you're going to have to be down here among these people that you know i think some people do worry you know like i said because that's part of the fear-mongering that Mm -hmm. goes on yeah you know if you were just able to peel it back a little farther, if you feel that way and go, well, shit, mm-hmm. then I obviously, like, maybe there's a reason all these subgroups sh- and, and hate us. Right. Maybe I should do something about that. Yeah. You know, but we don't get that far. Right. We never get to that point. It's self-preservation instead yeah. of um I don't want to think about what we did to Native Americans. Uh, yeah. I don't want to think about what we did to African Americans. Yeah. What we did to women. What we did to all the minorities yeah. and Catholics and and that's the crazy thing in this country is every group that has come over has been, has been treated like shit. Yep. And then they forget. Yeah. You know, as you know, I'm Irish and Italian. Yeah. We were very unpopular. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, you get a little bit farther past that. Yeah. And when, you know, like, Slavic countries started coming, oh. and we were the bosses, and we're like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. And we treat them like shit. Right. And it's just this never-ending cycle of, you know, like, Hispanic voters that vote for Trump. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's, it was like we're just waiting for the next subgroup to come into the country that, mm-hmm. all right, well, we can all band together because those people they, suck. Here comes the new kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I don't know. I just don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me, and I get frustrated. Yeah, it it keeps me up. Yeah. I mean, Carissa is always like, just get off the internet. Yeah. Just stop. Just stop reading for a minute. Stop reading. Don't talk to anybody. (laughs) Take a break. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I get, and it comes from a place of caring. Right. I get angry. Yeah. Um, Irrationally, so I guess, but to me it's rational because but it's just terrible. It's and like you're being 
it's it's like gaslighting. I'm I'm like, why should I have to explain to you that you should care about other people? And they're yeah. like, no, we don't, and you shouldn't either. And I'm like, this is madness. Why? I don't know. Do they care about you? Well, I don't know. I don't. I mean, the way we make the world better is if we just start caring. The two and if we are, care about them, they'll care about us. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if they care about you or not. You care enough about being a decent person, and um, yeah. That's such a foreign concept to so many people. I go into my parents' house and they're watching Fox News and. See, and that, my mom does the same thing. Oh, and I'm like, we have like a yeah. complicated thing anyway. Yeah. But I go over there and it's like, what? Like, it's just the amount of bullshit. I know. Like my grandpa even. Yeah. And he's been a Democrat forever, and he's so so proud that I'm the the chair of the Democratic Party. Yeah. But then he'll say like this, and he's ninety. But yeah. He would say this off the cuff shit, and it's like, Grandpa, you gotta stop going to the pepper mill. Like, <laughs> just the pepper mill no is like a more. hotbed for. Like, yeah. Nobody there watches anything but Fox News. Like mm-hmm. you're not allowed to go there anymore. Just <laughs> stop. <laughs> Because it just, it seems to bore into people's skulls. It and, does. And just, it, it activates that fear response, and people will do anything out of fear. I mean, there's just the bullshit that they say. It's yeah. Just, who believes that? It's insanity. It's, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Ugh, politics scares yeah. me. Um, when I was originally talking to you, <laughs> <laughs> you were, um, I can't remember if you brought it up or if I did, but the, I, the fact that, you kind of have prioritized Carissa's career mm-hmm. in your family. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so I worked my whole life. Uh, I started at CrossFit when I was 15, and I have worked at Worley, and I worked in a service station when I was in college, and I ran a restaurant, and then I worked for the Commonwealth. And initially I retired from the Commonwealth because I've had – several hip replacements mm-hmm. and they wanted me out of there mm-hmm. because they didn't want to be on the hook for it. <laughs> right. So they, you know, they offered me a package, like a retirement package and I took it because, you know, physically it was not mm-hmm. probably a great idea. And, um, she was working for the Commonwealth, but you know, she had aspirations to, to do more. And we had, we just had Wyatt. Mm-hmm. I have an ex-wife. Wyatt is mm-hmm. our child, but he's never known anything but right. Chris and I being together. Right. Um, so I, you know, after the surgery, I didn't go back to work. Mm-hmm. And then when she got hired for Ask Me as a union rep, mm-hmm. uh, that job is <sighs> 24 I, hours a day. Yeah, I can't I mean, even imagine. Just, so, uh, you know, she's the primary breadwinner, yeah. and she has been for a long time, and, and some people have issue with that but um I never did yeah you know how did the conversation come up like was it was it even a thing that you two had to acknowledge or was it like okay this is what we're doing now well I mean I had gone back to work a little bit here and there um by the time we had Henry uh I was working some and then you know the ask me job we did talk about it Mm -hmm. because you know we had to make sure that our kids were going to be okay. Right. Um, and I was fully on board, you know, yeah. with what she wanted to do. It's a good job. Yeah. Uh, it provided monetarily in a way that at that point right. I could not. Yeah. Um, so we did it. Yeah. You know. It just seems like a natural thing. It's- to me, it never, to me, it was never, you know, my mom always worked. They both worked. Mm-hmm. But um, to me, it was pretty easy choice mm-hmm. um i mean i like working yeah but, you know you want what's best for your kids and for Absolutely. your family and right. she really wanted that job and we we're both you know labor activists so mm-hmm. that also you know that matters yeah um but it really wasn't like a hard decision yeah uh i mean what happens after can be difficult mm-hmm. uh, but that started all the way when i first retired i mean if you're you know, in this culture, hmm. if you're a man that is not working, working, you know, 40 hours a week to take care of your family mm-hmm. and have your wife at home in the kitchen right. all day, you catch shit. Really? Um, from, you know, from friends. I caught shit from family. Really? Uh, I got, you know, I'd have... What kinds of things did they say? Uh, sometimes it would just be little snide comments. Like right. we had... 
uh, we had an event. Uh, I won't say what because it doesn't matter. But we had everybody over at the house, mm -hmm. and uh, one of her married-in uncles, mm -hmm. uh, somebody wanted something, and, and I said I'd go out to the garage and get it. Mm -hmm. And they were like, "Oh no, no, no!" He's like, "No, he doesn't do nothing. You know, let him go." Just stuff like that. So you snide. do you get the same the same thing that like stay-at-home moms would get, or you know? Yeah. What do you do all day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the same, but I think, you know. It's not worse. It's different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because, um, and and again, it's a really unfair comparison, but men have it in their mind that that is what women do, and mm -hmm. it, you know, yeah, they might not do anything all day, mm -hmm. or they think that they don't. Right. But that's okay because they're women. Right. Yeah. And my stepdad is very much that way. My mom doesn't work, and he's always been like, "No, that's okay." And she does. She like does all. They have this very like boomer esque situation june and if you're and cool with that yeah i mean are you and you can pull it off you yeah because they're perfectly happy that's great for I them i know there's a you know and that's that was probably worse the worst part of the whole thing was me feeling internally like mm -hmm. i was failing my family did you yeah oh yeah did you? i mean okay. not just not so much financially because we you know we were doing okay but mm -hmm. I didn't think that I was the best parent really? out of the both of us. Okay. Like, I know that, um, you know, Wyatt was older by the time this happened, but, like, right. Henry's got speech delays. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I still believe that he would have been better off. Really? With, you know... With Carissa, Carissa as a primary... Yeah. Or, like, as a... Because I didn't... There was things I didn't notice. There, you know, okay. I just... Uh, I mean, I was there for him all the time. Right, right. And, uh, we have a great relationship, and he's awesome, uh -huh. and he's coming along. Yeah. But, I mean, is it true that he would have been different if See, he was yeah. home? I don't know. Yeah. But internally, for you, I, it I is. internalize things for like you, that all the yeah. time. I was like, oh, man, you know, this is my fault. Right. Like, I can't right. fix this. Yeah. Uh, because Wyatt had grown up with mostly my ex-wife and Carissa. So you have this. And he, you know. Yeah. It's just... It, it's I do that with my girls though like I compare how each one is doing or how each one is responding or if one is struggling and it's I have to remind myself they're they're very they're two different people you know but yeah. I understand that struggle that internal struggle so yeah I mean I thought for sure <laughs> you know and I still struggle with it because mm -hmm. I I mean I I started my own business but mm -hmm. I work everything around being able to be home right, right. when the kids are there or pick up the kids right. because she can't do that I mean her job she just can't. <laughs> can't and I still think like man you know dinners are better when mom's home and, do you um, it just it for you it is I'm more yeah. likely to let them watch TV more than they uh, should yeah, or, I am too. you know I just I, I struggle with am I doing the right thing right you know, Am I doing and what it, it boils well down to is it's not just my decision, right? But I still, you know, I still think maybe it would have been a better choice for for me to not yeah. be so, right? You know, because we could have done daycare too. We yeah. could have both worked and done that, and okay. you never know. But it's just it's difficult, and you, you get beaten down by the whole like, well, oh, you're watching them, you know, mm -hmm. oh, dad's dad's home all the time or yeah what's that like? yeah and it gets into your head because it's almost it, it almost um i don't know like people say oh the dad is babysitting the dad isn't babysitting the dad is parenting because the dad is a parent just as much as mom is a, you know yeah um but it's it's a weird there's those traditional roles and yeah. it's beaten into your head you know as a male mm -hmm. from the time you know anything right from tv and from books and from yeah. everything you see that dad goes off to work yeah. and mom takes care of the kids well, and that's yeah. why our country's been great is because you know yeah and and i think there are there are tons of things that that moms do for children that that dads don't understand right you know there's bonds there that right. i'll never get yeah um but i don't I don't believe that that means mom should be chained to the fucking refrigerator. Right, exactly. If she doesn't, yeah, or can't be. I mean, because if if that's the way, if that's the way that you want to set it up, I mean, my marriage, things were they they had a very traditional um, 
worldview surrounding marriage. And, and, but if mom isn't happy, like if mom isn't, you know, taken care of emotionally, then she, you're not going to get those bonds anyways. You're not going to get what it is that you're trying to force. You know, and, and if she wants to quit, right? like if she decides that she wants to quit and, and be home with the kids, then I'll support yeah. that too. Because at the end of the day, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my kids and, mm-hmm. I, and I think we get, you know, they get what they need. Yeah. I, I know that I'm not uh, a detriment to them right. anyway. Right, right, yeah. But Chris and I are a partnership. Yeah. You know, we, we yeah. talk about things and we, we try and, um, you know, agree on everything, mm-hmm. even though... Everything is for the own, best of everyone. Our own people. You know, if she came home tomorrow and said, fuck it, I'm done. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Right. I mean, we're in a lucky situation that we can figure it out. Right. But I think that's the part that the outsiders didn't get was mm. I wasn't shoving her out the door. Right. Like, go to work. Yeah. I just want to sit at home. Um, it's just the way things worked out. That's just how it is, yeah. You know, and Wyatt really needed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was going through some stuff uh-huh. when I had that first or that second hip replacement and retired. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I've been dealing with that physical pain since I was a teenager. Right. And I've always said if there was ever a blessing in all that, it was the fact that I could be home. Yeah. When he was going through that. Yeah. Um, and really needed me. Right. And that was the other thing people never got. It's not like I didn't bring in money. Like, I right. got a retirement. I right. had money. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, I was but still... But that's a very, yeah... I was still uh, financially providing for my family. I just didn't have to go to work. Right. Maybe they were jealous. I think that that's <laughs> a lot of it. I think that people are like, well, I have to work this hard, and I don't get as much as you, and that's not fair. And then the other person's like, but you don't work as hard as I do, and I'm keeping my well, you know? And, and it's like, well, you didn't have a hip replacement at exactly. 20. Yeah. So, or 21. I don't know. I don't, Chris is better at the numbers. Than, yeah. I want at 21 and one at 30, I think. Yeah. I have one in April, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Different leg this time. Yeah. Ugh. Gonna even things out. Even things out. How long will the like recovery from that be then? Uh, it all depends on how my other replaced hip handles it, but it shouldn't mm-hmm. be bad. They've come a long way. Yeah. Like I am cut from stem to stern on yeah. this side of my body, and he's like, well, this one would be like this tiny incision, and that's where most of the recovery comes from. Is yeah. from all the muscle cutting. Yeah. Um truthfully once they put the new hip in it's stronger it's, yeah. than, than the old one so i should be i'm hoping to be back you know fixing cars and and whatnot within a month oh wow i mean and i've always pushed it in the past too Chris yeah. always it gives me a hard time because like we lived in a trailer the last time i had one they yeah get, send me home with a walker well it didn't fit down the hallway right so oh that gosh. was the end of that yeah I still have it though. Yeah. I have the walker. And they ask, they're like, you got your own, right? I'm like, yeah, I got one. We're set. We're all set. Yeah. I got crutches, walkers, canes. <laughs> You've got a little like home health care yeah. store set up. Will you have people who are going to be able to help you then? Yeah. Uh, Carissa will take some time off. And then um, my best friend, Riley, uh, who watched James Henry for us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll come over and I've already talked to daycare like yeah. once I can drive and my friend works at the daycare that I went to high school with mm-hmm. Li- Elizabeth yeah that's oh yeah we, yeah um, <laughs> we were like oh yeah just let us know you're coming we'll come that's up cool. and get them and, and take them down and uh, I'm sure Carissa's mom and dad and stepdad and uh, my parents will mm-hmm. um, help out if I need it yeah I mean I'm pretty adept at this is by. not your first rodeo. Yeah. But with Henry, it'll be, yeah. I'll need some help. Just yeah. because he wants to crawl on me all the time and have me carry him everywhere. Right. How old is he? Four. Four. Okay. There was no actual pause there. Well, I <laughs> Everybody has to stop and think about it. And when people ask me my age, I have to stop and think about it. I'm like, I always add a year to myself because then you? I get to hear him go, "No, you're not. You're 39." <laughs> oh, then yeah. you feel better. Yeah, just I'm a little bit better than I thought. <laughs> um, what's the? Do you enjoy being home with them? Like, do you enjoy? Because I always struggled with it, and I'm curious, like, what your experience of it is, just subjectively, I guess. There were times 
that I mean, there's times during every day mm-hmm. that I enjoy Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. And there's other things that um, I know I'm not good at, and I get mm-hmm. frustrated that I'm not uh, better. Right. And that makes it hard. Um, you know, just what I talked yeah. about before. Mm-hmm. I, I love my children. I Absolutely. enjoy the hell yep. out of them. Um, I like kids in general. Mm-hmm. But I missed working. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I went yeah. back and started working again. Right. Um, when, I, I, I always that, needed those, like, interactions. I needed interactions with other tough. adults. To give that up was really hard for me. And that was, like, that was hard for for Carissa too because then she would get home from work and I'd be like I want to talk her ear off and it's like well I had like a five year old all day like and I don't you know I didn't have a band then and I didn't have a lot of friends it's like I have nobody to talk to yes Um, it's very isolating it can be if you if you um don't have an opportunity to get out and I'm not the kind of person that just runs Mm -hmm. out and tries to find somebody to chit chat with yep um yeah, the, the construct of employment just provides that in a nice, neat little way that yep. I don't have to manufacture Here it. are these people. I yep. have to see them. Yeah. So I have to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, I've enjoyed... I, I, I believe I'm lucky because a lot of dads don't get to um, spend that much time with their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So I'll always cherish that. Right. Um, you know... That's the best part of it. Yeah, yeah. I but just, I think with anything you do, if you go to work every day, sometimes you're like, man, this, oh, yeah. this fucking blows. Yeah. And not that I ever said that about being home with the kids. No, but yeah. It's but, like, oh, it's the same thing every day. Yeah. You know, it's the same shows every day. Yeah. And it's the same. It felt like Groundhog Day a lot of the time. Yeah. It, I love that. Yeah, I'm me so too. excited to watch it tomorrow. I know. I can't wait. But yeah, definitely. You know, it's... And, and I give... Um, huge kudos to any parent mm-hmm. that does that for the entirety of a child's childhood yeah. and, and doesn't absolutely go out of their shit. minds. Some like, people thrive. Like Emily Eggleston is one of those moms that just that's yeah. she's perfect and it's perfect for her. And I'm like jealous because I, I'm I never I know I never am going to be that mom. And it's like I, I internalize and I look at moms that. that way, too. Yeah. And I go and it's, you know. I'll never be her. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, of course you won't. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like you kind that, of, you understand our position from the inside, which is not something that we commonly have someone, you know, to be on the inside of it. Yeah. And, and you know, that whole, you know, like Emily, I look at her and then I think, well, Carissa would have been the same way. Really? So then again. So, yeah. Way to go, Dad. Yeah. Now you're stuck with me, kids. <laughs> But I mean, they're. I feel that they haven't killed anybody. You know, they they are still alive. Yeah, they're clean. They're fed. I tell her that all the time. (laughs) Like, hey, they're not dead. Yeah. So I win. (laughs) I win. Check. The bar is really low yeah. for dad. We, you know what? The bar is really Which low is for me, too. But it's unfair. Well, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I say this almost on every episode. It's become a theme, and I'm always checking in to see what other people's experiences of it are. But, you know, people see a dad parenting, and it's like just the fact that you're doing it at all, you get 100% on the test. Which is just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know where that ever came from i mean i guess we do know where it came from men, right well but how it still persists that it's very persistent that it is okay just you know to impregnate a woman and then mm-hmm. like all right yeah whether you're there or not yeah like there's both ends yeah like, some dads just do that and split split or they do that and just you know i'm gonna go to work yep. the bare minimum is to yeah. go to work and provide for your family yeah. The, again, that bar is really low. Super low, yeah. But if you somehow don't even, if you don't meet that on the end where you don't go to work and mm-hmm. you actually do more for your kids per se. Right, right. No, you don't get that either. Right. Like you're just, you're screwed either way. And Ugh. it's it's really unfair to to moms that, you know, they get looked, they get looked down on right. for working. Right. Um See, we have this we have this option though. Like if we were to say, No, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit to be a stay at home mom, we're still gonna have the the moms who have an opinion on that and are entitled to their wrong opinion. But like we still have the but still we're the woman and we're quitting to stay home. There a lot more people are gonna understand and accept that from us. But for a guy, that's not an option. 
Like, well, because guys don't ever want to, you know, men don't want to admit that their wife mm-hmm. can earn more money than them or be yeah. a better worker or provider. Like, you just, yeah. it's been, like I said, it's hardwired into your brain right. that that's not how life works. Yeah. Well, I'm here to tell you, uh, you know, running my own business now, like, I do okay, but yeah. she out earns the shit out of me. That's like, awesome. she's, you know, yeah. she's smart and brilliant and she's really good at her job yeah. and I can't do that. Yeah. You know, it's not. Um, it wasn't in my path. Right. Like it wasn't in my sphere right. to do what she's doing. Now. Right. And I think that she can, you know, she can do anything she wants. Right. And if she wants to go higher and, and make more money and earn more and do more, she can do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I love her the way she is. Yeah. If she doesn't want to do it tomorrow, if she wakes up and says, I'm done, then yeah. she's done. Yeah. But people can't. I'm usually funnier, Aaron told me after this interview. But what I actually love most about this episode is the difference that's so apparent between Cody and Aaron. And if you connect that with the difference in their experiences, it makes so much sense. It was really weird talking to Aaron because I've never actually talked to a father who has taken a full-time stay-at-home role in his family. And that is a fact that I literally just realized in the process of editing. And that's what's really cool about this project. Every single episode I go in knowing a little bit about the person, but not really sure what the episode will actually be about. But the one thing I for sure took away from this episode is the fact that stay-at-home caregivers have the same experiences regardless of gender, at least in some cases. So I think it really begs the question, why are we so attached to the gender roles that we've all accepted? If you liked this episode, there's an extra 30 minutes of tape where Aaron talks in even more depth about the subjective experience of being a man who chooses to be a stay-at-home dad. And you can unlock that bonus content at patreon.com slash twomomsdaydrinking. If you liked what you heard, share it with a friend and come back next week for another episode. The music for this podcast was written and produced by my father, Bob Gross, on his goddamn electric ukulele. I'm Stacy Gross, and this has been Two Moms Day Drinking. See you next week.